For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Just like that. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Well, welcome in to Running It Straight, the 20th of July, 2022. Great to have you along, Sam Hewitt, alongside Tony Kemp, of course, for the next hour through until 4 o'clock. And we've got a very special guest today, Maddie Johns, the great Maddie Johns, uh, former Newcastle Premiership winner and um, now host of his own show on Fox Sports. Loves and, of Lego. Course, and loves Lego. And, of course, on ECN um, over in Sydney. So it's going to be great talking to Maddie in around about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we'll go through the round that we have just seen in the NRL. We'll also have a look at this weekend's games. We'll get Kempe's call, and we'll do our Inside the 10. And six again. Remember, if you've got a question, double eight, double three about anything rugby league. can be the Warriors, can be what you've seen in the NRL, can be eligibility, international league, whatever you're thinking. Text through double eight, double three, and we'll go through your questions just after three thirty. But we've got a full-on show. We're going to rip straight into it, and we start as we always do with Kempe's call. Kempe's call. Yeah, Sam. Why can't we introduce academies at high schools which help develop footballers across all codes and help bridge the void between junior competitions and club footy? As the All Blacks look for answers and the Warriors try to rebuild their pathways, wouldn't it make sense to sit down together with the principals of New Zealand secondary schools to work out how we develop our best talent? We all know that both rugby and league is built for Polynesian players, the browning of the game. Geez, there's some social aspects to this as well. Would it not make sense to have a football academy, just think about it, that created competition between all schools for both league and union teams, national comps that high schools aspire to compete in and win across the country. It's time to come together. Bury the hatchet and give kids access to all sports. Otherwise, my fear is we will continue to struggle not only in league, but now also in rugby. That was Kempe's call. There you go. Um, Kempe, do they not have um, a school, a high school rugby league, like, national competition? I know uh, that it's been drifting out of, like, high schools individually, but they not have some sort of national comp at the n- moment? No, they have a national tournament, secondary schools tournament. Right. Um, which most of, the, most of the secondary schools teams don't have rugby league teams. They're just rugby league teams that are put together. So, you know, I... I sort of um, mooted this idea back in 2010 with Westlake College um, mm. around that their football academy should, their rugby union academy at Westlake should be a football academy. I could see a lot of kids who wanted to play both sports opting out of going to the rugby rugby academy because they never had a chance to play rugby league. I think you do lose some numbers, but I sort of brought it back to the, the front of my mind, especially what's happening with the All Blacks and what Frank Bunce said to me yesterday on the, on the breakfast show that the heart has been ripped out of community rugby. We've got to start to be innovative. We've got to start to think about ways that we can bridge this gap. There is a bridge, there is a gap between junior football and rugby union. I know this because my son played junior rugby union and you go to high school, uh, he stopped playing rugby and then going back to club football at the back end of it. You know, look, you look at the club, the clubs that are struggling around the country at the moment. One of the ways I think of fixing it is to, to create true academies at, at schools for the oval ball sport, not just rugby, 
like play mm. rugby league, you know, play AFL, get all the best coaches in there, start to develop those people um, and start to build some some real good development models. So I think there's a bit of a hiccup between rugby and rugby league still at the schools in this country. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I think they can fix a problem at the top level, I'm talking about New Zealand rugby and New Zealand rugby league for that, that instance, is to come together and, and put all the kids in the one academy. Mm, interesting. I'd love to talk to you about it more, Kimby. Unfortunately, we do have a jam-packed show, um, but we'll continue that theme, I think, uh, through our, our shows and weeks to come. But Texu double eight double three, what do you make of, uh, of Kempi's call to start the show? Um, let's have a quick look, shall we, um, at round 18, the round of NRL we've just had in our round rewind. Round rewind. Now, we actually had State of Origin... Last Wednesday night, so we haven't talked about it since then, Kempi, but um, Queensland obviously getting up in New South Wales, one of the best games of rugby league I've watched in a long time. You went Queensland, uh, along did, with Billy Moore. Yeah, I, I, like we got Billy Moore on. It was all about what Queensland bring to the table, mate, and honestly, that has to go down in the top three origin games of all time. Yeah, I foolishly went New South Wales. Um, the Sharks-Cowboys on the Thursday night, a great win by the Sharks there, 28 points to 12. Kempi, uh, who did you pick in that game? Yeah. I went the Cowgirls. I thought that they'd get the Sharks. Sharks is, Sharks is smokies, mate. Mate, second, no, second, on, form. second on the ladder at the moment. Um, the Eels on Friday night, Eels 28, Warriors 18. A couple of late tries to the Warriors sort of made that look a bit flattering than it perhaps was, but some good defence from the Warriors, I think thought in that game, Kimber. I well, thought they, they played tried. okay. They tried. They, yeah. they just had no attack. They, no, they, need, zero to, they attack. need to come out, out and reform uh, an attacking strategy that actually gives them a chance of winning games. Uh, the Roosters-Dragons was a late-night Friday game, and the Roosters absolutely turned it on. 54 points to 26. They scored the most points in round 18. Joey Manu doing Joey Manu things at half, and... The Roosters are starting to click, Kempi. They're starting to get it right. Well, it's like the Tamari Martin addition to the Broncos when he goes to fullback and releases Reynolds. Joey Manu going to 5'8", release Tedesco at the back. Yep. And it just it was a totally mastermind move by um, the coach to, to put Joey Manu in at 5'8". I'm going to talk to you about fullbacks going to 5'8", later on in the uh, in the show. Um, the Seagulls and the Knights. Uh, the Seagulls, 42, Knights, 12. And the Seagulls over the last five games, Kempi, are averaging 36.5 points. They've found the key, I think, after losing Tommy Turbo, they've started to find the keys to, to that attack and they're starting to get some good results. The scary part about it, there's no Tommy Turbo. Yeah. That's the scary part about it. Knights, look out, could end up with a wooden spoon. Mm. Scary. It is scary. Um, Broncos 16, Titans 12. Um, I'm just going through our picks as well. No, we both picked Broncos in that. Panthers 18, Tigers 16, Kempe. You went the mate, Tigers. You, mate, six <laughs> I told you to I'd go. keep my receipts. Six mate. minutes to go when I said, here they come, and you wouldn't answer me, and they got home in the end, the Panthers. But, yeah, look, they um, they just can't they can't win one, the Tigers. They had, they had a chance. If they ever had a chance, it was last weekend. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're going to struggle for the rest of the year. And Kamali wasn't happy about the Panthers' B-side being rolled out, but it's uh, funny that he complains about it, and then they go and lose. Um, the Raiders and the Storm. Raiders uh, upsetting the Storm. The Storm now three in a row. Kempi, three losses in a row. So um, I think they go four this week when they play South. You reckon? Yeah, well, South, that's, that's the last game. 36 points to 28 over the Bulldogs. It's Terrell Mitchell doing the damage. We just keep talking about them every week. That is a big game this weekend. Um, no, we, they were in second gear. Yeah. Uh, 26 all at one stage there, and then Latrell Mitchell steps up, throws that pass um, to Johnson, goes down the left-hand side there, and you know end up, end up doing it quite comfortably. But uh, when, the, when the acid's on like it is going to be against Melbourne this week, mate, Latrell Mitchell... <laughs> 
Thank God he's in that south side. We will go through uh, the round 19 games. But there you go. That's our round rewind for round 18, short and sharp. And uh, look, if you are counting, uh, I am one up or two up, sorry, on Kempi in our picks. We'll see how that plays out <laughs> next week. We're going to take <laughs> a break. I you're so competitive, mate. Mate, you have no idea. We'll take a quick break. Hey, when we come back, uh, Maddie Johns, the great Maddie Johns, if you want us to ask Maddie a question, just text through double eight double three. We're going to catch up with him after this. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Joining us now on Running It Straight, he's a fan favourite here in New Zealand. I reckon he hosts one of the uh, one of the best sports shows on television at the moment. It's Matty Johns. He's a former Premiership winner. He's better than Lego, and he joins the show now. G'day, Matty. Welcome in, mate. Good on you, Sam. Campy, how are you, lads? Yeah, Mate, good. We're doing very well. Now, hey, just just now that I've mentioned that the better than Lego quote that that came out after you won that grand final, I'm sure I'm sure it came from a two dozen uh, KB lagers. But why Lego? Oh, uh, were you a massive no. Lego fan as a kid? Mate, not at all. Like I've mentioned to you guys before, I, I'm not the least bit handy. Even when we go to things like Lego, I just yeah, I am absolutely not a Lego fan at all. <laughs> and you said. Two dozen cans. Well, that's being conservative because, <laughs> what, yeah, because when it when it actually resurfaced about uh, two decades later, I had no, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. <laughs> I had to double check. Said, mate, it's a bit, a bit of sticking and pasting. Is that me? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was about. I reckon that was that was about three days into. A celebration, mm. and so uh, yeah, I was, I was I was a little bit scratchy. Better than Lego, I like that one. Hey, mate, let's talk Origin Game Three. How good was it? Campy, it's as good as rugby league gets. It, it was. I, I was sitting after the game, and I thought to myself, "Is that the best best game of rugby league I've ever seen?" And it's always, you know, it's always a big call. There's a, there's a few that stick out for me. One is. Second Test 1990, Australia, Great Britain at Old Trafford, where Mal Meninga pinches, mm. you know, keeps the series alive by scoring the last second. But there was a beauty, New Zealand versus England at Wembley, the World Cup semi final was a beauty. But, mate, you watch the game and you just you go, how far can they physically keep pushing themselves, the players? Uh, and Queensland, like, just got so much admiration for them. When, when Munster was ruled out, uh, you just knew it was going to play. It just played to their sweet spot, and you just knew they were going to get up for it. And they, they were fantastic. They just keep finding a way. They, uh, they, they say we're like Tommy did. Um, Billy went and knocked on his hotel door and said, listen, mate, Munster's definitely out. He's, he's COVID positive. Mate, we're going to put you in six. And Dearden started crying and said, I won't let this state down. And went out there and played a career-defining game. I think there was a few guys in that game. Caelan um, Ponga, I think, was Caelan. You know, my belief was Caelan about a month ago. I said to someone, Caelan's got a decision to make. Is, is he going to be a, a YouTube compilation player where people look and go, wow, look at that. Uh, such skill, what a freakish talent. Or is he going to become a leader? And what you saw the other night in State of Origin, he took a big step up. They needed him. And he delivered. He showed a lot of leadership. So hopefully that spills over onto the Knights because, can be, let's face it, we need it. 
We need him there. Hundred. We need him, mate. I'm, I'm picking our team the, every week, mate, and getting let down. Um, mate, you're dead right. Every time he carried the ball, Caleb, you, you, you just knew eventually he was going to get through when he scored that try to, to nail it for them. I just want to ask you the question, Matty, because it's a, it's on everyone's lips here, and I've been saying it for years. What happens um, with eligibility with State of Origin into the Australian team? Where do you sit on that that um, position at the moment? Tempe, my my thing is this, right? I just in Australia we're very uh, we're very State of Origin centric, and it should not be the pinnacle of the game. But right? it might be. Now, what we saw, what we saw the other night, was absolutely incredible. But I want to see that constantly international level. And so, you know, I don't want, I don't want young New Zealand kids going. You know what? One day I want to play State of Origin or find myself eligible. I want them going. I want to play for New Zealand. I want to play for you know, kid who's Samoa. I want to play for Samoa. I want to play for Tonga, and re-establish international rugby league. We had a great opportunity, like. The Tonga situation is perfect, Campy and Sam, because here we had this emerging power, right? And it was just some of the greatest scenes and continues to be test, at, at test matches. We saw it just recently with the New Zealand test. Yet what have we done with it? What has the game done with it? We, we haven't built upon it, haven't, you know, haven't taken that initiative and said, right, what can we do with this? And... It's the same thing with Samoa Kempi, which we've spoken about before. Is that you've got all these great young Samoan players, but we're trying to push them to state of origin. Now, I know, I know the ambition is there to play state of origin. I, I get that. Don't want to take that away. But first and foremost, I always think about international rugby league. Mm. And if and if state of origin is continues to be the pinnacle of the sport, then the game's not going to grow. It's as simple as that. Uh, I, I applaud you know, um, Victor Radley for saying, "Now, nah, I my, my dad's English. Um, I, I'm going I'm to go that way, and I'm going to forgo state of origin going in the future because I want I want to play for England. I like that. At the moment, we've got a situation with um, Tonga and um, and Samoa. They're tier two nations, so they can, they they can do both. The, the test is going to come." That if we do the job, I hope we do, where those nations become tier one nations, and then players like Brian To'o and uh, Jerome Luai, you know, those players into the future, the next generation of those guys have got a decision to make. And I'll be honest with you, I hope they pick Samoa and Tonga, regardless of what it might do for for New South Wales. International Rugby League needs to re-establish itself as the pinnacle of the sport. And that's right, mate. And the reason why, and the reason why we have the situation is because they're useless, mate. The international body is absolutely yep. well behind the eight ball. Yeah, no idea yeah. what to do. So you see, can be like if we want to do something for state of origin football to help international football. I've said this for a while. This year in particular, we should be playing a fourth state of origin game in England before the World Cup. We should take state of origin fourth game to England. Played a week before the World Cup, and then we pick an Australian side from there. Played a Wembley at Old Trafford, and and that because you know the English game in this part of the world, you know, rugby league's you know it's, it's getting, doing great, it's got a lot of exposure. Uh, so there's a lot more we can do with it uh, d- domestically, but in England, my God, it's you know it's really struggling. It's at the mercy of 
European rugby, which is you know vastly different to what it is in Australia. And so they need a help. They need a hand. And I, I think we should be playing, taking a game, fourth, fourth game there, and make it a different concept. Make it you know state of origin, winner take all. All the sides get, all the players go over. Uh, whoever wins gets forty grand cash, and the losing team, none of the players get anything. If they don't want to go, you know, then don't hop on the plane. But um, yeah, a, I think it'd be big. Yeah, it's a big enough incentive. May on the run home. Who have you got winning the comp? There's been uh, there's been a bit of a bit of a ball ball oh. over with Melbourne losing the last three. I know you. Oh. I know they're close to your heart. Well, I tell you, Kempi, it's it's been. Um, you guys know over there that the two sides that really set the standards as far as sports and the rugby codes have been the Melbourne Storm and the All Blacks. Mm. And everyone's been over here blown away by Andy Farrell's Island, you know, pinching that series. I can only imagine what it's, what's happened over there. Melbourne Storm, the same thing. This is the worst I've seen Melbourne Storm defend in the Craig Bellamy era. Um, and on top of that, they lost Pappenhausen on the weekend. He shattered his kneecap. So he's gone for the year. Look at the moment, um, Sam Kempe, in my opinion, the only side that can beat Penrith are Penrith themselves. Mm. You know, a big spate of injuries, an off-field implosion. Uh, they've got the situation now, a luxury where, you know, they're going to they're going to make the they're going to be minor premiers in a canter, which gives Ivan the ability to rest players here and there. He did it last weekend, rested all his Origin players. And I just think they're, you know, as I said, the, the only thing I can see is injuries, which pull them back to the field a little bit. And on top of that, a team coming, flying home, like a South Sydney who's got this X-Factor superstar, Latrell Mitchell, who um, in the last two weeks has just been unbelievable, Latrell. But uh, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if Penrith don't win. What about the what about the bottom, Matty? And and just be careful what you say here, because Warriors fans are a little bit nervous. Um, they got a pretty tough uh, run um, into the into the final few matches, and I, I'm looking at it thinking maybe the Bulldogs and the Titans might be the only two wins that they, even the Bulldogs yeah. would be would be a hard one to win. But but who are you sort of picking to to finish in that 16th spot? Well, for me, it's more than sens- more than sensitivity for the Warriors. It's, like, it's our night, so I look at our run home. And it's either going to be a blessing or a curse because we've got actually sides like the Titans and the Tigers. And, you know, when they're playing those sides, if they start knocking you over, then they start pitching points. Mm. So we're, we're no certs uh, of avoiding that bottom couple. Um, but, poor oh man, um, Tigers, um, Bulldogs have had a little bit of a spike. They get, they're playing better football now. Yeah, it's it's... Pretty miserable down there. I mean, it always is, but at the moment, you know, there are there's some sides that are sitting toward the bottom that I'm looking going, right, how do they get out of it in the next few seasons? Uh, rosters are that tight. There's not a lot of player movement. On top of that, we've got the Dolphins coming into the competition, which are going to pinch players. Yeah, it's pretty tough. On the Warriors side of things, like, there's a couple of things they can do is, you know, they can continue to do just what they're doing the remainder of the season or they can actually go, you know what, we're not going to play finals football. Let's try to re-establish a style. Like, I, I, I think when the Warriors have always done their best, is they've had some stars, yeah, I get all that. But well, they've, had, they've, they've had their own unique style of football. And this is one of the things that um, I suppose annoys me about 
the bottom teams is all they're doing is trying to play a watered down version of what the top teams are doing. Yeah, and you can't you can't beat another but those top sides by just playing their style. They just as far as what you're trying to do and attack, they just recognise it coming from a mile away. Mm. Sides that come out of nowhere and pinch a title. They, they just play differently. We've seen that with, we saw it with the Tigers in 2005 where Benji and those guys just emerged and started playing in a defensive era, started pl- playing sideline to sideline and throwing the ball around and they pin- pinched the comp. Penrith won the comp in 2003. Um, they just started playing a completely different style of football. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that was, if, if, you know, if I was in charge of the Warriors, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be saying, right, let, let's, Let's go back to the drawing board, blank piece of paper. How do we want to play in the remainder of this season and build for next year? Mm. All right, mate. A lot of our listeners will be nodding along with you there, Matty. Um, mate, what did you make of the uh, of the Joey Manu um, try assist, the delayed onset of cramp? Is that, uh, is that fair play in your mind or a little bit cheeky? Oh, it's a little bit cheeky, but I quite liked it, actually. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the old thing, isn't it? You just, if you're in defence, it doesn't matter. You just play till you hear the whistle. That's it. And uh, I remember years ago, again, it was Dale Shearer. He was playing for the Roosters like Joey. And there was a game where Dale Shearer got the ball and actually fell on the ground motionless. Everyone sort of then got up and ran and made a break, <laughs> which was another level again. Joey Manu on the other side, mate. Like, um, it's been, you know, Trent Robinson watched that test match that he played against Tonga and just... Joey was unbelievable at fullback that day. And that has trans him going into six into the middle field has transformed the Roosters because the Roosters all this season have been playing two sideways. You know, halves have just been skimming across the, the surface of the defence, there's no penetration. But suddenly Manu goes into six and he and Tedesco are operating in tandem going through the middle and it's just it's destroying opposition defences. Uh the tricky thing's gonna be looking Luke Keery comes back into the side this week. Mm. So it's going to be, they have to recalibrate again and ensure that even though Luke's coming back into the side, that that was the impact of Joey, which is going to be a little a little difficult. I don't know how they're going to get him, him into the midfield, but again, how they do that could define their back end of the season. Mate, just before we let you go, mate, we know you need to go and uh, milk the cows. But uh, just before we let you and go the uh, and the goats, <laughs> one thing I wanted to wanted to ask you just to finish. Um, you know, look, a lot of a lot of footy players following their career try and try and you know carve away into media, and uh, and some aren't successful, some do very well. You, you're someone, and I mentioned at the start that you know that the the Matty John show is probably one of the best sports shows on TV, and Kiwis over here absolutely love it. What what do you reckon's been the secret for you? Like, what's been your philosophy transitioning from league to media that that sort of allowed you to be successful and for that show to flourish? Well, Sam, I wasn't, although, you know, uh, although I won a grand final and you know, played a state of origin and test match, a few of those, I wasn't a natural player. Like for me, Joe, Joey, uh, in cricket terms, Joey was a mark for Everything was just really easy and natural. And whereas me, I was a Steve where I had to graft and I had to sort of work out every aspect of the game and as a, as a result, too, Sam, what what happened was it was because you know me when I was growing up, I was sort of there, there was no signs at all that I was going to be a, a professional rugby league player. So, mate, I, I had to be head down, ass up at school. Otherwise, mate, you know, 
I, I looked like I was going to hold a stop go sign, council. And so that's, I, th- I think what's really, yeah, yeah, which I did for a stint, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but so I reckon, like, these young blokes, you know, and young women in New Zealand that are playing professional sport, they've already got ambition to. One thing you can't neglect is your education. That That's, that, that's really important. You just can't dedicate your whole life to a sport mm. because it, do, it just doesn't, doesn't make you well round, well rounded. It, you know, it just it puts you in that in that professional sport box, and then when it's over, you see a lot of times. Unfortunately, for a lot of the leaguey boys, and I reckon the same with the union guys. They finish and they go, well, what now? And so I didn't, I didn't necessarily prepare for life after football, but it was life before football that set me up after. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that's nice, Matty. Hey, mate, thanks a lot for joining us uh, on Running It Straight this afternoon. It's been great to talk to you and just listen to your conversation and around many things rugby league. Mate, I look forward to talking to you again. Go well. And, uh, yeah, just make sure you keep plugging that international game, mate, because I think the eligibility um, issue won't go away until we get that part right. Thanks for joining us. Campy, Sam, always a pleasure, boys. I'll get back to the goats. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Matty. There you go, Matty Johns. And uh, I think we got to most of your questions woven in amongst you. Sorry if we didn't. Uh, just could have gone all afternoon with Matty. Um, and you just told me, Kempi, that he replaced you at the Knights. No, when he, he, came did, he did. He's coming through. Well, good mates. Um, him and Joey. I ended, he ended up replacing me. I ended up going back to reserve ground and playing with Joey. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't a, wasn't a bad little uh, experience for me. Good bloke. Like, mm. good bloke. It was, we were neighbours as well. Um, me and Joe were good surfing buddies, you know, back in the, them days. Um, yeah, Mondays were mad, mate. Those two are mad. I can oh, tell you a few stories, they, but they're not for radio. They're absolutely not. Those are off here. Um, uh, we've got a lot of texts in here for six again, but we've got to get some news with Johnny Mac. So six again after the news. That's six again, six again. How? Tackle one. Okay, six again, six questions from the text machine. We start with question number one on double eight double three, and I like this one, Kempi. It's from Stephen who says, Kempi, is there a difference between a rugby league ball and a rugby ball? I went to Rebel Sport Mount Wellington and they said they had no league balls, only rugby balls. They didn't know the difference. I thought Steedham was a more pointed ball. Rebel, Rebel Sports staff said no. No, well, they are they are different. Steedham balls and Gilbert balls are different. The man, the manufacturers of the footballs, um, they, I think a rugby ball is a little bit rounder, and a and a rugby league Steedham ball is a little bit narrower. But mate, rugby balls, rugby league balls. Back Reason. in my day, you're lucky to Same get a, you get lucky to get a ten cent plastic ball. <laughs> You know I mean? Made out of leather in your day, weren't they? Made out of leather. Remember that? Like you'd go out on the you'd, you'd go out on the rain by half time. You'd, it was like carrying a ten kilo weight. <laughs> that explains a lot. No, nah, um, let's go. Let's go. Let's tackle two. That's two. Get off him. Two. Um, look off the back of the Joey Manu um, comments here from um, from Matty Johns. Chris says uh, can be. Warriors need to throw the checkbook at Joey Manu. Tell him he can play fullback or six and build a team around him. He changes games. He does. And I think I think there'd be more than one checkbook being thrown at him. You know, with the Australian Rugby Union uh, going after rugby league players next year, I think I think Joey Manu's in their sights. Um, mm. So, you know, any any club, any top club will try and get Joey Manu. The problem that they got is they got um, Politis's boy, Joey Manu sitting yeah. there. He ain't going to let him go, mate. Mate, six foot four, hundred kgs. Like the he's, guy is just built, absolutely he, built. He's the best player we got in New Zealand. He's he's arguably the best player in the world. Tackle three. 
Um, another one here from Chris. I'm not sure if it's the same Chris, but um, from Vossi this morning on Smithy, who said that um, Reese Walsh could end up at the Storm this year. I heard that rumours floating around Melbourne that he's going. That's bizarre to me, Kempi. That, that Warriors would let him go for eight games. And they let him go to the club he's not going to next year. Why? Why would they do that? And well, know, they the they around? would do to release some uh, salary cap. That would that be one. Um, and the other thing is, if they've got a relationship with with Melbourne, which they have, uh, they would they would do that, knowing that they weren't weren't getting into the eight, and they wouldn't stop. And I'd, I'd I'd hate to think they'd stop in the way if Melbourne say we need Reese to run through the finals. So uh, I think it's more than a rumor. I okay. think they are looking for a fullback. Mm-hmm. We know that with Pepinels and he's broken his kneecap. Um, there's not that many uh, on the market at the moment. So you know he's sitting on the bench at the moment. Who knows what next week? There's a Reese um, lightning story every week. And and watch the space. There's probably another one coming next week. Oh, the best comment I saw on social media was uh, if anyone knows how to deal with a broken cap, it's uh, Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Frankie's a good mate of mine. Get back Tackle four comes from Pat in Christchurch. Um, Kempi, can we do a North versus South Island origin for both our male and female players? Having juniors, uh, juniors, pressed and topside, can't the NZRL not see the benefit? That's from Pat. So it's sort of North versus South state of origin, Kempi. I'll, I'll, I'll answer the second part of that question. No, they can't. They can't see. They can't see past their noses at the moment. Um, and yes, we can play a North versus South or some type of origin like that, an Auckland versus the rest. Whatever you come up with, I think some type of concept. It doesn't have to be state versus state, but there has to be something that gives us an, an opportunity to have all these guys brought back. You know, I, I looked at a couple of ones, Sam, just really quickly. Um, guys putting together a Polynesian team. Mm to play against a state of origin team, man. Oh, it would be stacked. I also saw someone put uh, float the idea of, of um, Auckland versus the rest of New Zealand because there's enough coming out of Auckland well, and got, there's enough of parochialism yeah. to, you know. Well, I did that one. I, I did that one in 2010 when we were talking to the Australians. I said, you know, we've got enough players now if you to uh, to play a type of state of origin game in New Zealand, which was Auckland versus the rest of New Zealand. You know, and you've got Benji Marshall, Joey Manu, all those guys like Fokotane, Tokoroa, and then you've got all the Auckland boys, you know, the Bromwich brothers out of Manarewa, yep. you know, uh, Jester Vargas Brandon and so Smith, on and yeah. so on. So, um, that concept, I think, is probably the best one. Mm. Auckland versus the rest. Yeah, and a lot of people don't like Auckland, so that could uh, create a bit of that rivalry. Oh, of course. Let's go to last, last tackle. Last tackle! This is the last! Uh, and last one comes from our good mate, Zaid, who says, um, hey guys, is it the Penrith Panthers' title to lose, or can someone like the Cowboys, Broncos, or Sharks win the NRL this year? How angry do you think Craig Bellamy will be this week after the Storm losing three games in a row? Well, they lost five games in a row. Um, a while back, and and he's I think it was two thousand and five, and he got the t- and he got the title. So uh, I don't think he's panicking, Craig Bellamy. I think he knows how to get the train back on the tracks. But I, I, you know, Zade, I think your question's right. I, I, I agree with Matty. I think I think it's Penrith to lose. I'm, you know, they they've got so much depth and so much strike power across the board um, with Nathan Cleary and a great, fantastic spine, Curacao. You know, I think Dylan Edwards the most underrated player in the competition. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's, some, it's something drastic needs to happen to bring everyone uh, up to their speed. You know, either either Souths, you know, and Latrell Mitchell have a blinder. Um, there's a few injuries come out of Penrith. Um, you know, they lose Cleary maybe. Kickow, I think, would be another one. 
yep. out on that left edge. Uh, that that would sh- change the shape of them. But yeah, I do. I, I agree with you, Zate. I think it's probably theirs to lose. Watch out for um, the Rabbitohs. So it was only an intercept pass, remember, that separated them in the grand final last year. Um, but there you go. That's our six again on double eight double three. We do that every Wednesday just after three thirty. We'll take uh, another break when we come back. We'll look at round nineteen this weekend. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Okay, round 19 in the NRL this weekend kicks off tomorrow night, Thursday, 9.50 at Combank Stadium with the Eels and the Broncos, which the Thursday night games just seem to be the games of the round each week. Um, Eels in sixth, Broncos in fifth place. I, this one's hard to pick um, for me, Kempi. Well, it's not that hard for me to pick. I'm going to go the Broncos, mate. I think with all the um, boys coming back uh, from origin, including Payne Haas from injury, are going to be too hard to beat. Um, yeah, the Eels played well against the Warriors, but I just think the Broncos are, you know, starting to find their find their mojo, mate. Mm. Yeah, Kurt Cable, Pat Kerrigan, Pat Kerrigan. You watch Parramatta beat him by fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Eels, I feel like, are just doing a classic Eels where they beat everyone below them but no one above them um, the Broncos are sitting one place above them so um, oh, I'm going to go Broncos you're going Broncos as well Thursday night that's our tip yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right. you're, following, like, you're following me now and I'm keeping, the receipt. I'm keeping the receipts um, the Friday night game Dragons Seagulls Dragons 11th Seagulls 8 that's 8 o'clock at Nestrada Jubilee Stadium in Sydney are you Seagulls. picking that one Seagulls in that one comfortably I think so as well um, Knights Roosters the late night Friday game Knights 13th Roosters 9th McDonald's Jones Stadium that's an easy one Probably by how many. Could be ugly. Um, and then on Saturday, the 5 o'clock game live here on ECNZ, it is the Raiders in 10th v the Warriors in 12th GIO Stadium in Canberra. Remember, we beat them earlier in the year with a field goal, thanks to Sean Johnson. Um, few changes for the Warriors. Reese Walsh on the bench. Chanel Harris-DeVita at fullback. Dejan Arce into the halves. Kempe. What do you reckon? Warriors, I'm going Warriors. Kempe. Yeah. I am. Okay. They always play well against Canberra, mate. They do. They, yeah, they yeah. do. And it's always a tight one. You know, I've, I've lost the game down there by a drop goal. We had it. We had it. One Vinnie Anderson out there to pass the ball. We went it by. We went it by eight. But um, mate, they're always tight, and I'm, I reckon the Warriors going to get this one. No, Jordan Rapiner as well, who's been suspended for two matches. He loves a suspension, Jordan Rapiner. Um, Turn off your radios, people. Uh, I'm going to go Canberra on that one, Kempe. Um The Saturday, seven, it really is a super Saturday because you got the Warriors at five o'clock. Then seven thirty on Saturday is uh, probably the game of the round up with that Thursday night game and that is uh, Panthers in first v the Sharks in third um, yeah. at Bluebet in Penrith yep game what of the round uh, mate yeah it's sort of a local derby you know what I mean it's out the out out that side of Sydney um, I'm going to go I'm going to go Sharks interesting yep what, for, what give me a reason why I like I like the I like how slick they are at the moment. I think their their um their structure is really really good. Mm, basically um, untouched during Origin, really yeah. as well. Yeah, I know their winger uh, just got ruled out. So Katoa or Malatala? Uh, yeah. got ruled out, but I don't think that may, uh, makes too much difference. He'll, young boy from Taranaki will come on to the Huruti will probably come on to the wing. Uh, he goes all right too. So I think the Sharks might get him. Interesting. I'm gonna go if Pen- anyone's going to get them running into the finals, this is the game. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, okay, I'm going to go Penrith with that one. I think with all those Origin guys back, um, fired up, ready to go. Um, I reckon they get the job done. Um, and then look, a- another fantastic game late Saturday night, nine thirty-five from Accor Stadium in Sydney. It is the Rabbitohs seventh playing the Storm fourth. Now, Storm off the back of three losses in a row, um, losing Ryan Pappenhausen, but the Rabbitohs and they're welcoming back Cameron Murray, Damian Cook into that team as well. I almost 
Just want to flip, just roll a dice or flip a coin. That's I, th- I, keep I think Storm lose again. Yeah. Yep. I'm going Rabbitohs. Mm. Oh, mate, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to have him in your team at the moment? Well, we talk about Joey Manu. Latrell's almost the Aussie version. Imagine, isn't if, he? imagine if Sydney City could have kept Latrell Mitchell with Joey Manu at the moment. Like Frankish. those, those two. You know, they're flatmates. Were they? Yeah. When I went over to Sydney, I did a little. Um, I was sort of motivational chat to to the Sydney kids that all lived in the same house with a with a Kiwi parent with a set of Kiwi parents. They asked me to come in and talk to the boys. It was Latrell Mitchell, uh, Joey Manu, Latrell's brother Shaquille, mm-hmm. that's playing with South Sydney too. Uh, Suicide Tukahu was yep. there as yep. well, and then the the young boxer. Remember the young boxer? His father was a boxer. Um, big kid played for oh. Sydney City. He's gone. He went to boxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but mate, they all champ. They all ended up. Yeah, well, Kicking look at all the That must have been yeah. your talk, Kimby. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's when you made it. So um, we're both going Rabbitohs. Close, though? Uh, of course. Yeah. Storm ain't going to lie down. The reason why I can't pick it is because I could easily see the Storm turning around after you know another spray three weeks in a row and just turning it around but um, I think my head says Rabbitohs so that's what I'm going to go with as well Rabbitohs um, last two games on the Sunday uh, nothing too interesting Bulldogs 14th the Titans 15th uh, from doggy, Combat doggies Stadium doggies for me yep t- doggies for me as well yep last one I'm going to go Cowboys over Tigers Cowboys Tigers Cowboys 2nd Tigers 16th that is at uh, up in Townsville at 6.05 on the Sunday so look some really great rugby league particularly the Saturday that Saturday night um, is going to be just sit on the couch park up couple beers get some chips and away you go. Um, there you go. That's our round 19 run through. Uh, we do keep the receipts. We will revisit those picks next Wednesday, I assure you. <laughs> unless I lose. Unless I lose. What about Marky? I seriously can't believe you two fancy backing against your own team. I, I, you I, went I, Warriors. I, no, no, I did go Warriors, but I, I think he's talking about Newcastle. Oh. <laughs> I can't back my own team at the, like. Well, of course, my heart says go, yeah, and go you, Newcastle. And you said every time you pick them, they lose. So by not picking them, you're just yeah, hoping they probably do the opposite thing. Uh, we'll take another short break. When we come back inside the team, I'm going to ask Kimpy um, about the fullback. Um, sort of position and moving into the halves a lot of fullbacks transition into half and a lot of halves go back to fullback I mean Joey Manu is a classic example but then Chanel Harris-DeVita he's a half going to fullback what is it about that transition that I guess works so well and why is it so common we'll, uh, we'll ask Kempi that after the break Hard hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth we're talking rugby league this is Running It Straight on SENZ Yep, finishing the show with Inside the Team, we take a deep dive into an element of the great game of rugby league with our good friend Tony Kemp. And today, Kempi, I want to ask you, we see a lot of fullbacks transitioning into half and a lot of halves transitioning into fullback. What's that all about? Like, What are the, the correlating skills that allow that to be such a common transition? Well, the f- I guess the first thing about fullbacks, and, and, and Ado Carr was you know, trying to get signed as a fullback at Canterbury because it's the biggest salary in the in the competition, that's the, that's the first thing. So Tedesco, Trebojevic, um, you know those players that are playing the one one jersey are getting pretty pretty hefty salaries. But the main thing about them is that they're transitional through the spine, so they can play halfback five eight, and at times hooker. You just have a look at Brent Webb and how we used to use them back in the early two thousands. You know, we'd and Ivan would use them at fullback, um, and in an attack we'd put them up into hooker, and especially when our hooker needed a break, take them off the field and, and make them play offensively hooker and, and throw them back to fullback in defence. Uh, now it's more that they can do that anyway. Mm. You know, Latrell Mitchell's a big. I think the the difference with the fullbacks these days is they're big and fast. Yeah, you know, and of course they're travelling the most miles on a football field. You look at uh, Joey Manu for the Kiwi Test. He, play, he ran over over three hundred. 
Um, Nearly 400. No, it's 400. 400 yeah. metres, yeah. So um, the main thing that they've, they bring these days is they bring another point of attack. And Billy Slater was the, the instigator of that. So yeah. he brought the passing fullback That's right, yeah. um, uh, into the game where instead of a fullback just running into the line and, and scoring tries and making breaks, Billy Slater then went into that second receiver and then decided which player to pick and set them alight. And I think if you can really unleash a fullback in, the, in today's competition, you have a, uh, a, an ace up your sleeve. Um, Peppenhausen, the, he's a massive loss for Melbourne at the moment. Mm. Like, it's huge. You, you don't know how big that is. Um, if you've got them, you're, you're a dead set chance of winning a premiership. What about the, um, you mentioned before the show, centres. We've only got about 20 seconds here, but you see it used to be a common thing for centres to go into the halves. That doesn't really happen nowadays. No, well, Laurie Daly, myself, um, you know, we went from centre to 5'8". No, the, so the centres don't go to 5'8 much anymore. No. And specialist centres are hard to find. If we can find one of them, mate, phone me. <laughs> there you go, running it straight for another week. Wish we had another hour, as always. So much to talk about. But we will be back next Wednesday. Remember, live commentary of the Warriors game on Saturday. Myself and Kempi in the box. But you've got the run home with Kirsten Beeve coming up next. We'll see you next Wednesday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.